Welcome to Forefront Radio, Forefront's new podcast series featuring philanthropic, nonprofit, and sector leaders who are making a difference in Illinois and beyond. Forefront is unique for being the nation's only regional association that represents both philanthropy and nonprofits, as well as their advisors and other allies of the sector. Our mission is to build a vibrant social impact sector that improves the quality of life for all the people of Illinois. Learn more about Forefront and how to join at myforefront.org join. I'm Kathleen Murphy, Director of Communications at Forefront. Today on Forefront Radio, we'll have a conversation with Donald Heider, Director of Northwestern Center for Nonprofit Management, and Jean Butson, President and Founder of Mission Plus Strategy Consulting. We'll talk about their work on the Metropolitan Chicago Nonprofit Merger Research Project, which explores how mergers can be used as a tool for nonprofits, not simply to grow or survive, but to accomplish specific mission goals and increase impact. Thank you, Jean and Don, for joining me today. Thank you, Kathleen. Uh, nonprofit mergers have been researched in places like California on the East Coast. I believe they did one in Minnesota. But this is the first time anyone's ever looked into the metro Chicago area, right? Yes, no one had ever done one in the Chicago area or, or included the Chicago area in one of their studies, like in the Bridgespan study or some of the other studies that looked at, you know, various states in their studies. And I felt that it was really important that we take a moment to really look at how merger strategies were used in our um, metropolitan area because of that. And who was involved in the study? Well, Jean is really the architect. She brought all the parties together, which in and of itself was quite... Is a feat, uh, I can imagine. Yes, that's right. So I'll let her uh, indicate the eight funders that came together, but we had a lead funder and a principal funder, um, largely because you were dealing with a university, and the university couldn't deal with eight different funders and eight different reporting mechanisms. Right. So we had to have one of them emerge as the lead uh, uh the lead funder, and one is the uh, the kind of the principal that would take responsibility for it. So Chicago Foundation for Women took the responsibility as being the lead with the university to coordinate the funders, and the Proke Brothers Foundation was the lead among the funders. So in addition to uh, CFW and Polk Brothers Foundation, we had the Chicago Community Trust, Crossroads Fund, Grand Victoria Foundation, the Lloyd A. Fry Foundation, Michael Reese Health Trust, and the Pierce Family Foundation, all participating as donors in this effort. <clears throat> and um, I would say Chicago Foundation for Women with Mission Plus Strategy really partnered the uh, commissioning of this study, and Don was the lead researcher, Don with his team, led the research for the study itself. And, and as Don explained, Pope Brothers Foundation was the lead sponsor. The study is certainly timely. The social impact sector is contending with tremendous challenges right now uh, between increases in demand for services, the ongoing budget turmoil in Springfield. Maybe now is the time to be exploring these sorts of mission options for mission sustainability. Well, what were your goals in beginning this research? So we were really interested in how nonprofit organizations had been using merger strategies, particularly looking at the period directly before the Great Recession and directly after the Great Recession. So we were interested in the number of mergers that had happened 
and how nonprofit organizations used mergers in terms of advancing their goals. So we were also interested in the diversity of organizations that were using mergers. And we were interested in specifically in what the people who went through the mergers had to say about what led to their ability to successfully exercise a merger strategy and what would have helped them if you know there were recommendations they could give us, what kinds of recommendations would be useful for others who would be interested in trying to utilize a merger strategy themselves. So we were interested in recommendations about ways to strengthen the environment for merger strategies. So those were the specific goals for the study itself. Those recommendations seem like they're key, really. Um, if you don't mind sharing, what were some of those recommendations that came out of the study? Well, we had keys to merger success mm -hmm. that we identified on the basis of uh, 100 interviews with key participants, both of those that were the acquiring agency and those that were being acquired. And so we gave them an opportunity to comment and to share their observations. So out of that, we were able to codify what we thought were nine or 10 really basics to successful mergers. So that was one part of the study. Another part of the study is we left open to our respondents the opportunity to share their experience or their advice with philanthropic communities, funders, CEOs, and board members. We broke those into distinctive categories and groups. And what advice would they have to impart to each of these key players or aggregative players how to, how to participate and, and, and lead to more successful mergers. Did nonprofits give any reasons for merging? Did you ask what, I'm sure it varies, but what were some of the reasons that nonprofits were giving for making these sort of strategic decisions? Statistically, we came up with probably 60% uh, was the uh, mergers, was the acquired had approached the acquirer. And they had a variety of reasons. Many of them stem from financial distress or change of CEOs. Uh, in terms of the, the acquirer, they had different reasons for seeking a merger. Uh, part was their growth strategy. Part was that they were, um, uh, they were acquiring a valuable asset um, this, that would enable them to grow or reach into new territories or better achieve their missions. So each of them had different reasons, and we went through those. Uh, and uh, together, we, we, we found that some of them really were quite strategic in their orientation about why they were merging. And that was kind of unique or different from some of the other studies that we had seen uh, on mergers, both uh, in uh, Minnesota and on both coasts, is that in most cases, uh, mergers occurred because of succession because the CEO was stepping down or leaving, or because of financial distress. And we found that, yes, that's, that's partially true, but there's another story here. And it's a story that most, uh, most observers of not-for-profits and consultants will say that mergers ought to be more strategic. You ought to have goals and missions in mind. You ought to have specific uh, achievements you want to achieve or benchmarks you want to achieve. And in several cases, we were able to quantify exactly what those organizations sought to achieve, whether they achieved them or not. 
And I think that was new, new and different, part of a unique contribution to the study. In your executive summary, you talk about 10 keys to merger success. What are some of those keys? Well, Gene will share those with us, but we started off with trust is the most important factor. I, I, we, we use the, uh, the metaphor as glue, but that's what keeps everybody together. Mm -hmm. uh, we also did in the study some examples of mergers that didn't come to fruition for whatever reason, and we had a failed merger in there. And so, you know, it was important to emphasize the trust among all parties. Uh, we also emphasized mission, mission and mission, mission and more mission. Uh, why we, why organizations ought to ought to consider merger? Well, they're in the mission business, and anything that 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 produces greater mission or gets more mission out the door is ought to ought to be something that they ought to pursue. And many of our people reference this. Um, we also found that in 60% of the cases um, that the partners knew one another, that the acquired and acquirer had prior relations or ongoing partnerships. So that fed into the, the trust factor. Uh, we, we had some things about knowing who you are and knowing who your, your partner is going to be is very important. Some organizations had inflated sense of themselves uh, or some organizations didn't understand what their key assets were and why anybody would want them. And that's very important of finding the right partner. Uh, and knowing the organization that you're, you know, you're doing business with. You know, as an aside, uh, the literature and corporate mergers say most of them fail and for a variety of reasons, but you know, largely stockholder value. But they fail because you didn't know the partner you're merging with. Okay, it's all of a sudden, this is a good deal. And good. So we emphasize knowing who you are we had the role of the, of, of the key stakeholders, the staff, the CEO, uh, and uh, uh, the boards and board members uh, being very important and critical. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, leaders paying attention to organization culture because this is the biggest reason for merger failure in the corporate world. Understand the culture of the organization you're going into. Every organization has its own unique culture. And mergers often result in creating a, a, a different culture, a new culture, at least in the organizations. And uh, we, we also thought about uh, successful mergers involving outside uh, experts. And in most cases, 60% or more, we found organizations had engaged third parties who were facilitators and helped work through the merger process rather than them trying to do it on their own or between two organizations. And finally, we ended up with a recommendation of key to merger success uh, is for parties to do their homework. Everybody has to be engaged and involved. Uh, a single board member can't lead to a successful merger, nor can a lot of opposition on the board or people that are indifferent. So it's everybody together, and it's people being totally engaged in the process of exactly understanding what they're doing. Is there a growing role for funders in this space? of mergers and acquisitions and strategic restructuring? Um, so I think the study shows definitely that particularly nonprofit leaders are looking for greater clarity from foundations about what is their position about a merger strategy, um, particularly in terms of funding for a merger strategy. So when a grantee approaches a donor, they want to know 
would be nice to know in advance what is the foundation's position around funding pre-merger expenses or merger implementation expenses. They also want to know what is the position around funding two organizations that may be merging when both are being funded by the foundation. So often they are surprised to learn after the merger has occurred that the foundation will no longer fund both grants but sometimes far less than the two grants combined. And that can be a real disincentive for foundations, or I'm sorry, for nonprofit organizations to merge. Um, and so <clears throat> to the extent that foundations could continue to fund at least for a period of time at the combined level after a merger closes, that would be a really nice incentive for um, organizations that wish to merge you know, to continue with the process. So, um, and I think foundations um, in general uh, need to, are wanting, and through this process, what we've learned through our advisory committee, want to understand better how to vet a request around uh, funding for a merger strategy. So when they are approached by a grantee asking for support, they don't necessarily know how to underwrite a request like that. So we think through our, our toolkit that we're developing for the merger study that there will be some nice information here for foundations that they can use in a situation like that. That's great. Tell me more about the toolkit. Yeah, so we are we have developed, we are developing a toolkit it is coming, it's going to be published later than the study, so we're still working to develop that. But the toolkit is designed to help organizations going through a merger strategy with specific tools for the pre-merger, the merger negotiation phase, and the post-merger integration phase. And we have um, put together tools that others have developed as well as our own tools that we have developed that are unique to, um, to the study and to what we have learned through the study um, that will all be available for free online. And um, many of them are available through just a simple click on, you know, through our microsite that we're setting up that will house the study as well as the toolkit itself. Let me say something else Please. I think Jean would agree with. Um, each foundation has to kind of work through their own strategy, and then we hope they work through it collectively and share their experiences. Right. They don't want to be seen as too much of a proponent of mergers. Right. You know, under that, because uh, as we point out in the study, merger is not the right solution for all not-for-profits or for all fiscal distress, and there's a variety of restructuring mechanisms. They also don't want to create perverse incentives. There were a lot of organizations that went out there and, and did, you know, a decade ago and provided all kinds of funds for organizations to partner, okay? And so uh, it, it, it was no secret that a lot of organizations uh, uh, participated in the program just to get additional resources with none of the, you know, really ancillary benefits of what the partnering produced. Mm -hmm. So there's this kind of how do we structure this correctly that we're doing the right thing in our own mission on the, on the part of not-for-profits, Gene articulated their, their, their apprehensiveness uh, for lack, because of lack of clarity. They also a certain uh, apprehension about disclosing too much to their funders, that their funders might think, oh, they're in financial jeopardy, it might uh, 
uh, might jeopardize their next uh, grant application. It might put them in a poor light. They don't know how much to share. And that, again, is about the trust factor. It is between the philanthropic community uh, foundations and, and the, the, the organizations that they fund that that trust relationship has to be built over time. And we hope to study, you know, tears down some of these boundaries and gets people talking about what can be done to build greater trust. We're excited about it, too. I had a program officer at the Weingart Foundation once told me that mergers, successful mergers, need to be done before crisis sets in. Did you find that to be true with the successful mergers in your study? Was it like before crisis mode they needed to be investigating this? Yeah, I, I think most people would say that the sooner an organization thinks a merger is in their future, the better it is to initiate a merger strategy, okay? And that gives you more options and more room to negotiate around a variety of issues that may be important to an organization. But the that being said, the one thing that I think is really important about the study that Don has done with his team is that we have also shown that it is possible with asset acquisition strategies, which are a form of merger, to work with an organization that's in significant financial distress to salvage the healthy assets that exist in that organization so that they are not completely lost. So let's, let's talk, let's go into that a little bit deeper. So when an organization is in financial distress, it loses value. And that means that uh, the organization is really not in a position to do a full merger of transferring all of its assets to another organization. And um, that's a loss. We see that as a loss. In an asset acquisition, an organization is in a position of having to work out its debts and work out, you know, the um, the losses that it has accumulated, and in such a way that it it may have to sacrifice the things that it's that it has accumulated in the way of assets. So, um, but sometimes in that process, through an asset acquisition strategy, we can still gather up what's remaining and save those things. And we really want to teach the nonprofit sector how to do that effectively so there isn't a complete loss like we saw, um, like we have seen in several instances in the nonprofit sector in the last several years. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. No, I think one area, we crisis has many definitions. Right. And um, so... You know, is it a temporary crisis of the cash flow or is it some permanent loss of funder or loss of key uh, stakeholders or board members and so on and so forth? So uh, that that's one set of def definition of crisis. It, in the private sector, organizations going through difficulties, everybody moves in, okay? The creditors are there, the refinancers are there, the private equity people are there, the turnaround specialists are there because uh, they all smell opportunity. Right. You know, we're not saying it's quite the same in the doctor profit sector, but you would like there to be um, a more general idea of what tools and what strategies might be used in a workout situation that Gene's working on. That I think is, is again, one of the contributions to the study because there is a tendency 
that for not-for-profits that go into financial difficulty is for their funders to flee, you know, or to say enough is enough, or is because we, we they have no viable strategy for thinking of workouts or differences or working together with other stakeholders. So I think we try to deal with distressed assets here in such in a very positive and constructive way and saying, hey, funders, f uh, people in philanthropy, there's opportunities here for you working together to make a really a positive contribution. One thing I have to say is, is Gene felt strongly about this in the beginning, is education of a broader public um, where, uh, about mergers, that there are some good things that can happen. And we produced five cases, in-depth cases, of templates of different organizations, different sizes, um, different industries that we think we thought were quite successful. And we leave behind this legacy is look at their histories, look what they did. Though each case is different, there is some learning or takeaways from that. It can be very instructive, instructive to the broader community. The mergers aren't shouldn't have this negative connotation. Mergers should have a positive connotation. Exactly, exactly. And I think this study is essential in helping to spin that conversation a different way, that this is not just about crisis intervention, but it's about mission sustainability, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, thank you so much for joining us again uh, today, Don and Jean. To access the full merger study report, visit www.chicagonpmergerstudy.org. Now more than ever, Illinois needs strong advocates and leaders to convene appropriate stakeholders, educate the sector about challenges and opportunities, and facilitate the conversation among key players, and assist more nonprofits to see mergers, partnerships, and other strategic alternatives as possible options for fulfilling and enhancing their missions. To learn more about Forefront's work in promoting mission sustainability, visit myforefront.org slash ourwork. Be sure to subscribe to Forefront Radio on iTunes so you don't miss an episode, or find us via SoundCloud. If you like what you heard, send us a tweet at myforefront. 